Hey guys, it's Malesh. Welcome back to the Mimi Cast. Now, you may have noticed Mia didn't say anything. That's because she's not here for this episode. We're having a special episode again where I get to talk to one of my good friends, Mr. Roger. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Sorry, Mia can't be here. Have to, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Roger's one of my good friends. He's never actually been on the Mimi cast, so this is actually his first appearance. Hopefully, we'll see more of him in the future. I think he might be... We might do a hentai episode together here. That should be fun. Um, but for today's episode, we're going to talk about something that we both really love as an anime, and that's Monogatari, the series. So we're talking about the Bakemonos, the Nisemonos, yes. the Nekomonos. <laughs> so... It's, you know, both of us have it in our, like, top ten anime of all time list. And it's a series that, you know, I think for both of us really holds a special place in our hearts. What did you say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's kind of like the kind of show or really series that kind of just st- sticks with you more and more. Because, you know, it's, it's just a show about understanding people overall just in a nutshell so pretty much the more you rewatch it the more yeah. you just go on through life you kind of just get a new perspective and mm-hmm. you know, i think rewatching it has been one of my the most blessed decisions i can <laughs> yeah um kind of like our first topic we're gonna get into is really how we got into monogatari um i'll start off first why not you know mm-hmm. and kind of how i ended up getting into it was during uh, Monogatari second season came out what 2015 16 I think it was like 20 early 2013 I think oh okay sure yeah, that makes sense um yeah cause I guess the Kizu movies came out 2015 ish the Kizu movies yeah it was like interspaced over three years so I think it was 2016 17 and 18 yeah <laughs> so Right before second season aired is when I got to Monogatari. Um, I think I had Bakemono on my plan on watch list for a while. And I was just kind of what, like, you know, trying to see what the new anime I was going to watch during that time was. And I ended up going with uh, Bakemonogatari. And I remember, like, you know, like the first scene of the first episode of Bakemonogatari, like, always is, like, just stuck in my mind where you see Hanakawa's <laughs> panties and. Aragi just looking like staring at her and like that entire sequence is like it was so memorable because it's you know the way we're gonna kind of get into this later the way like Shaft kind of portrayed that moment in such a cinematic way I just hadn't seen it that kind of style in many anime before and like I said this is like what Rogers like around 2013-14 era where I was only into anime for probably about a year or two and I'm still kind of getting my feet wet in the medium mm. so Bakemonogatari was this kind of like this insane story that I was watching and I remember thinking why wait what are these like little car things that are happening they have like text on them do I have to, I have to pay attention to that <laughs> and it was just so different because it's one of the most you know unique watching experiences you can have and you know kind of like after watching Bakemono I was like well gotta get more and then I you know binged the rest of the series and really liked it and then Basically, when second season aired, I remember watching it, loving it, and then I just became a Monogatari head at that point. Um, how about for you, buddy? Yeah, so for me, you know, I'm 
started watching anime around 2014, 2015. I'd say Monogatari was one of the first shows maybe I, I watched. Maybe our first 20, 50, 50 or worst. Nonetheless, it's still... I was still new to the medium, so, you know, you're kind of watching the more popular ones like Sword Art Online, Attack on Titan, and kind of just, I'm just still in that mainstream phase Cowboy of watching, Bebop. huh? Cowboy Bebop. Actually, yeah, that too. <laughs> and so you have Monogatari, and yeah, that's kind of, as you'd imagine if you're familiar with the series, kind of a huge difference you know it's it's something my first watch of it I kinda didn't really get it as much as I thought I would like I knew this series has a fairly niche popularity maybe not so much these days but you know watching it was you know obviously (laughs) bizarre um, because I don't think I've seen very many harm shows, so I can't really draw comparisons to that either. But when I watched Monogatari, it didn't even feel like a harm show. It's just really a story strictly about people, which I thought was pretty unique. That being said... Is it because Monogatari means story? Why, yes. <laughs> if you figured it out, like... You know, Bake means monster, so I was like, whoa, cool, monster story. <laughs> That's how you already know that this show is going to be full of witty dialogue, which I was not prepared for at the time. Um, I, maybe like most other anime fans, tend to have a attention span of a goldfish, so <laughs> a lot of episodes, maybe all, pretty much all of them, you know, are just kind of flashing about title cards, you know, just... Lots of de- dialogue deaf. Just a, kind of a lot to take in. So you really kind of have to be in the... Not your best mindset, but at least in the mindset to just pay attention. And I don't think I was at my best at the time. Like, I still got the gist of it, you know. Like, the characters and their interactions. The whole general gist and, you know, the themes of it. But I think my first... Watch of Vake, I think I had it around like, I thought it was a solid show. Gave it around like maybe a, a seven or so, and I thought I'd just keep watching from there. So that's at least my intro into it. I, I thought it was kind of just a, a decent show until I rewatched it. Yeah, because I know we've both been, we both were kind of like on the train of watching it as the new seasons were coming out. And then I stopped right when Owari Season 2 was airing. I didn't watch that when it came out. And I didn't watch Koyomi either. Or I didn't even watch the Kizu movies. <laughs> yeah. So I just stopped watching it. I was kind of like, okay. I know I knew from the light novels that there was kind of going to be an ending eventually. Um, and then well, like this year, like what, summertime, springtime... Me and Roger, Roger was like rewatching. I was like, "Fuck, man, I watch it too." Then, <laughs> and so it was really fun rewatching it because, like Roger was saying, it's you know, it's definitely hard to get all you. Modern Country is a, definitely a work where there's a lot of value in rewatching it because there's a lot to take in in general, and you can 
take it at face value like how me and Roger did. But once you kind of watch it again, you can kind of see the more subtleties with a lot of its characters and development. Um, it becomes so much more fun to rewatch it. And really just going through it again, I really loved everything. And even put some like, new perspective on things. Like I remember like Nisei, I remember a lot of people didn't like Nisei that much in the anime community when I first was watching it. And I was like, why don't people like Nisei, man? What's going on here, guys? And then watching, I was like, oh, I liked Nisei, but there's definitely issues with it. I can see why. And something like Bake was so praised. I was like, why do people like Bake so much? It's overrated. And then I watched it, I was like, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm capping myself. It's really mm-hmm. good. And it was even a pleasure because me and Roger kind of both watched in the same order where... We did pretty much release order for the television, like, broadcasting, but we watched Kizu right before, what, second season? Yeah. So, that was really fun for me, because I'd never seen any of the movies ever, so it was really great just to binge all three of them, and Kizu just blew my mind, (laughs) honestly. Like, I was not expecting that, right? And kind of just from there, like, finishing Awari season two, Finishing Zoko Awari, I was just like, this is just go. <laughs> like, this is so good. Like, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, we're going to get into it pretty soon as, like, what makes a series special. But did you want to talk about your watching experience a little bit? Yeah, I mean, just going a little more into just watching Monogatari later on. Pretty much. Again, on first watch at face value, I thought it was a pretty solid series. I think my favorite season was second, second season. season. And it is kind of it cheating is. when we say second season because unlike the others that are adapted from it, second season in the light novels is literally all the stories that's considered the second season. Stuff like Baki and Nisei were probably like the first season along with Neko Koro. So it's kind of almost cheating when we say second season because it's, it's almost unfair because, you know... If it would have gone adapted not in second season, it would have been, like, the actual titles of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I do agree with Roger. It's the best season. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was definitely the one I was look, most looking forward to in rewatching. Um, like, we're going to rank the arcs later, but pretty much just going after Bake, you know. Um, actually, wait, I'm talking about my rewatch. Uh, so, <laughs> so starting again with Bake, I start to see... A lot more of the character death, but I'm also appreciate the direction a lot more because, you know, when I first watched it, my eyes were just kind of taken aback by, or, or getting adjusted to it. But now it's like I can, I can just really appreciate it all in its peak performance, and it's just a beautiful, just well directed. Like it definitely jumped my score up by like one or two points. It's just great yeah and, and something then, that you notice too like i remember i think as anime fans as a whole for you know anything that you watch like the more technical aspects like the directing is something that you become more used to as you get more familiar with the medium so that's something i noticed too about because like the directing was so impeccable and you know it was, it was it was weird going from that directing to like nisei directing right yeah <laughs> yeah going from that to nisei is always gonna be I mean, I've also garnered much more appreciation for uh, Nisei, too. Like, uh, I think Karen B was one of my, probably my least favorite arc. Uh, No, it's not as much. I've begun to appreciate that one a little more. So, 
there's just again a lot of perspectives that kind of just change when you rewatch the most novel ones or the biggest change like at first I didn't like what's it called Neko Monogatari which one Kuro yeah Kuro uh, Black Hanekawa I don't know, I, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't very smart back then, because I, I didn't really appreciate Hanekawa's character, mm-hmm. and so uh, I definitely overlooked quite a few well, things. Well, I think it also helped, though, because... Well, at least in my perspective back then, it was like, I didn't understand why she was getting so much screen time, I kind of <laughs> just wanted to get to the other characters, but, you know, now that I was rewatching Bakke... It's like, wow, Subasa Cat, Built really, in. really good arc. So now I'm looking a lot more forward to Neko Monogatari, and that then it kind of just hit me. It's like, wow, yeah. Uh, well, because Kat- didn't we watch Kizu before Neko Koro? Am I crazy thinking that? Or did we watch Koro first and then Kizu? Oh, crud. I kind of forgot the watch order now. Because <laughs> obviously, release wise, Koro came out before Kizu did, but. I know, I think, didn't you say, like, there's a lot of things you can get from watching Kizu? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, we watched Kizu right after Bake. Yeah, yeah. Because Nisei, we understood because of the stuff that, like, guys like, um... Yeah, we did Bake, then Kizu. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened That's there. why I was like, we watched it smartly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, go ahead. Because yeah. I was always like, I like Nekokoro a lot, too, more. But I was like, I think a lot of my reason for liking it more was because we watched Kizu. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a two different contexts. It works for people both ways. So um, yeah, can we both watch it both ways? Yeah. So I don't know, there's always the biggest arguments with Monogatari release orders. So we, we might get into that. We might dabble in the what's the watch order. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think we can come to a definitive answer. But we'll I think I think you it. can. I don't think it's hard. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you're talking about your rewatch. Yeah, and getting to the Kuro and stuff. Yeah, again, um, my appreciation for Neko Kuro definitely jumped up, like a lot, especially now that I've begun to enjoy Hanekawa's character. I think she's queen. Yep, uh, she's my personal favorite character, girl in the show. So, um, yeah, um, we'll get to maybe favorite characters yeah. later, but she's definitely. The strongest, in my opinion. Um, I also love Oshino Meimei. Uh, Do you mean just... meme? Yes. They don't say meme. Oh, okay. They, 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 the show, they call him meme. Are you serious? Yes. They don't say Meimei. Oh, okay. Alright, okay. I have to rewatch them. That's crazy. But, uh, just like little quotes like, oh, yeah, only, only she, only the person can like save themselves. It's like, that kind of stuff, you know, kind of just hits. I didn't know what I know. <laughs> uh, other ones like, uh, what's it called? I've garnered a lot more appreciation for Hana Monogatari before I was just, yeah, I don't like you saying this, but I got bored out of my mind. But now that I was in a fresher mindset, I was like, okay. Yeah. I get it now. I you get it? It's in the future, right? Do you understand? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's good. Kind of, Kind of also like it for the smaller things, like just seeing Araragi at the end just puts a lot of things into perspective as well. Bad haircut, though. Yeah, that was, that, him that was, that was kind of That was kind of cringe. <laughs> Very cringe. Yeah. 
and then you know again Montgomery's second season I think it's just like um, peak and then uh, I just actually finished uh, Zoku Owari Monogatari not too long ago so that was kind of just the perfect closer again we won't get back to that when you write the arcs but yeah that's that's pretty much uh, my rewatch yeah so we're kind of getting into like what makes the series special when I figured you know I have some things I want to say about it then I'll bounce off with Roger so I think you know when you kind of think about what I got to like for me personally the things that really make it special and you know it's the Brown Brothers show it's like the dialogue and the characters right yeah, yeah. it's like there you know when you watch a lot of anime you expect there to be you know dialogue because everything every show you watch will have that right yeah. but you know in some shows you can just put it in the background and not really pay attention to the dialogue because it's like Black Clover right Asa saying I'm gonna fight the bad guy Okay, we get it. There's not much nuance there. But with Monogatari, like, almost every conversation the show has, in the conversations with these characters, like, Araki can talk to someone for, like, literally 10 minutes of the show, and you're kind of like, he just had one conversation, though. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and But, like, that 10-minute conversation is very enthralling. Like, there's so much going on. There's so much back and forth. And there's so much that each conversation reveals about the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And... One of my favorite things of seeing Monogatari is that Aragi's a character is so perfect for the lead role, where he's this, you know, somewhat eccentric high schooler that has this kind of heroish kind of motive of mindset of right trying to like help people be selfless, and you kind of see from Kizu when you know we'll talk more about Kizu later, just like how he became that, and so. Him being the main character of the show, where the kind of like the premise, if you haven't watched it yet, it's kind of weird, is this, you know, he's pretty much going around his town that he's in, helping the, the problems that his friends have. And these problems are usually supernatural related, and he has to kind of figure like, okay, this person has this curse, how do I do this? But there's a lot of conversation, because all of like the curses themselves are kind of somewhat based on the characters too, right? Yeah. So, for me, like, that, when you have that combo of, like, you have this great main character in Araragi who is willing to kind of do anything for his friends and also just kind of like the audience, he's kind of ignorant on a lot of things. So, it gives him a good reason to ask these type of questions and really gauge, like, you know, what kind of person are you? And it's, again, like I said, like, the man has conversations in the last, like, 10, 20 minutes an episode but it doesn't matter because it's super fun and, and engaging to listen to. And, you know, the characters themselves are just super memorable. Um, like I talked about Aragi, the main character, just Goat, King, whatever you want to call him. One of my favorite main characters probably. Like, he's probably in my top three, top five main characters of all time, honestly. I yes. just really love him. And then you have, like, guys like Roger, like Hanakawa, who is this, like, wonderful, you know, character of, like, She's almost, in a weird way in this series, she's kind of like, I would say, maybe like, kind of like the childhood best friend arc, kind of, in terms of just being there in the beginning, kind of like the main character, and kind of also getting cucked by the main character, right? Yeah. Uh, but she's like the perfect example of that kind of trope-ish. It's not, she's not, yeah. she's not actually his childhood best friend, but there's a lot of similarities there, and she's also this really great character finding 
sort of like this value in herself and really speaking her mind. And you see her arc, like she gets a lot of arcs in the series, and all of them are just bangers. <laughs> uh, Senju Gahara is like the perfect love interest for Araragi. She's a great character who. You, she's a very fascinating character because since she is like the first arc in the series in Bakimono, a lot of her further, her like future interactions with Araragi are very compelling to me because this is like the only character Araragi could talk to where he doesn't have to worry about there being a problem with that person per se. Yeah. And he's able to kind of unload and, you know, he's always himself, but like. He's like the most true at Senju. And he's also able to relax a bit more and just kind of be like a regular high school, which I think is very, it's a very good dynamic that Nisho Ishin did with Senju and Araragi being together. Yeah. And, you know, I got to about my actual king in the show, Kaiki. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I loved him when I first watched it. And watching it the second, I was like, Kaiki's still the goat. And, you know, just. Such he's such a fascinating he's such a, he's such a great foil to Araragi right like the selfish guy that saves people but does it for money <laughs> right but at the but in the grand scheme of things though he's also just a good guy in the bottom of his heart he doesn't he's kind of afraid of exposing it too much yeah and which makes him a really smart character because it kind of shows Araragi like how he could end up in a weird way if he lets this. If already lets this kind of good guy personality be vulnerable, maybe someone takes advantage of it. So that's why Kaiki's just funny and man, this is a, when we get to second season, mm. all I'm gonna talk about is the king and that are <laughs> that part. <laughs> uh, and like the supporting cast, the other characters are all just all memorable and great. Like the weakest character in Monogatari is better than any character in Bleach. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, like, even like most shonen, I would even say, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much tender love and care that each supporting character gets. And they all have an important role to Araragi, which is why he's kind of like the key to the series. Um, I have a couple more, but I'm going to let Roger, you can spill some knowledge if you want. <laughs> uh, I feel like I kind of said some. So my thoughts on what makes the series special and my intro, because really it kind of just coincides, but yeah, I kind of have to just flow off of what Malesh said here. I mean, in terms of the dialogue, it's just so very natural and free-flowing. So again, it's only because someone like Araragi is the main character. It's really, it's really just kind of nice and wholesome how he can just talk to each and every one of these girls and it's you know it's just it's just nice and free flowing would you it's say all, it hits different uh, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like in a league of its own it's quite clear of, of its own genre you can't even put in a genre for say it's like if you have to put monogatari in like a genre it's like what would you say it's like not not it's a slice of life. You could say it would, it would just be a slice of life. Yeah. Um, a slice of life in drama. Okay, I think drama fits well. Maybe supernatural, but... I mean, definitely supernatural. We we saw Suki. <laughs> we oh. saw Kizu. Oh, yes. Uh, Kizu is definitely the epitome of all this. Uh, another thing I enjoy about the 
the series is kind of just oh, actually hold on one more point about the dialogue is yeah it kind of shows how close he is with all these with all with all the characters around him he can just you know say whatever like for example in Nisei it's Karen B is one of the arcs that throws people off because they're kind of just most people are kind of just expecting you know the conflict to be resolved in like the usual two three episode fashion but really Araragi is kind of just uh, BSing around meandering for like five episodes straight and it's quite hilarious isn't yeah because it's only 11 episodes but it ends no because it's like a little in between right between Phoenix and B because B is in six episodes I mean Phoenix is in six episodes Phoenix was like four episodes and yeah because technically B because the first two episodes of Nisei are Senju focused yeah I guess so (laughs) But, you know, it's still part of... Because the opening doesn't happen until, like, what, episode three? I I guess. (laughs) I mean, that's a good way to indicate when an arc is starting, though. Yeah, true. Man, Nisei is so weird. I mean, we'll we'll get to that, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess my other point was going to be I kind of like how uh, Monogatari, uh, I hate this word, uh, subverts a lot of the... (laughs) Kind of just the usual tropes you'd see like you know when you think harm is like you're usually like oh no it's gonna be generic well not just generic but it's like gonna have like that trashy kind of yeah i can't wait to meander around choose your best girl who's he gonna pick is he gonna pick my girl i mean well i got her issue it's settled out in like (laughs) four episodes (laughs) yeah my king yeah, man. That's why that's why it was funny because I remember when you first called. Like in my entire life, I never considered when I got to your harem, or at least thought of it as one. And then when you brought it up, because you said it before, and I was like, when I got to your harem, it, did, it didn't click with my mind because, you know, I agree with your points because I can see why people would say it is one. But to me, it was so strange because I feel a lot of like what harem is about is like the waifu wars and stuff, or the whole Bondo wars, right? Yeah. When I got Bakemon literally starts off with him. Saving Senju and then them dating like midway through the season, right? So it's kind of like he never cheats on her. There's no question that he's gonna be with her, you know. Which, but I can understand what people say to him. I'm not. I'm not gonna complain if you do. Yeah, it's kind of just its own thing. It's crazy, you know. Again, it's like wow, relationship gets hard settled in like four, five episodes, and yeah, some some of these arcs. Such as Hitagi Rendezvous, literally dedicated towards a date, and it's like the most wholesome thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, we'll talk about why that arc works, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of dives into the to the tropes. You know, Nisio likes to do that a la Madaka Box, but, you know, with um, Senjo Kahara, you know, she, uh, you can, sure, whatever color is Sundere, but just much more than that you can't really classify these characters into a hard archetype because they just go much more beyond that yeah i would agree with you because even like senju like shiro she has secondary tendencies but the reasoning behind them is because of her backstory right yeah um so it's like most secondaries like ren from facey night it's like she really has no reason to be the way she is because it's like she had like decent parents and stuff right 
Mm-hmm. She didn't have. To, she doesn't have to be that sassy, right? <laughs> so, it you know you don't see many of those type of shows really examine why a character is like that dairy type. But uh, Bake is like they're just characters, right? You can put them in little tropes, but it's like they are their own people. Yeah, and that's really what you need for this kind of show. Again, the stories about just people in general. Yeah, also. Just, just kind of playing on things like, you know, for example, Kanbaru, you know, she, you'd f- normally f- put her in the tomboy archetype, but Niso, Nisio says like, all right, uh, nope, she's actually a lesbian. It's like, oh, wow, you don't actually see those <laughs> and actually portrayed in a, in a respectful light. Yeah, like she's like this super sexually active person, right? But like you said, in a respectful way, like, it's you don't see characters like that that aren't just kind of you know just degenerates in a yeah. way right um it's very tastefully done um that's why Kambru was i mean like i said all the characters are good in this show i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna say you're saying one of them is bad or anything yeah because you really yeah you pretty much really can't they all play their role yeah super super well yeah because you know my least favorite is probably Karen, but I still like her as a character, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to complain about her that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, even the least favorite character, it's just like, you can still find a lot of depth about them. And they're still likable, like, who would you say your least favorite character is? Is this, because we're on this little tangent right now? Um, is it Sukihi? Oh, uh, no, it could be Yotsugi. I don't know. I'm talking, it's, like, it's really difficult because they all have their highlights. Like, I not, I almost could have said that um, Yoitogi could have been my least favorite until I saw Zoku and she <laughs> got some points there. I don't know. I might, I might have to say, uh, Skihi maybe might be my least favorite girl mm-hmm. in the series. Is it because she's fake? Uh, you know, that's a very clever play. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Because, yeah, we can't cheat and say someone like... Yeah, like, like episode. <laughs> yeah. Or or just any of the vampire hunters from Kizu. How would you feel, like, you think we could, like, do you like Guyane that much? Oh, yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like, I, again, I want to include her just because we're, we're trying to talk more so about the main cast, because yeah. Guyane does not have an arc dedicated to her or anything. All these characters that we're talking about have at least an arc dedicated to themselves. Because yeah. otherwise, it just wouldn't be fair. Because I could just say Guyan, but, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't, even, I don't even want to do a worse character because Guyan is still really solid. She has that really good... She knows everything. Threat- <laughs> yeah, she has that really good threatening aura Yeah, that you just don't see. Like, you're so used to um, Hanekawa's I don't know everything. I only know what I know. And, and then you have Guyan, it was just the much... The much more threatening version of this. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa. I mean, again, like, it goes back to Nishi Ocean. Nishi Ocean. <laughs> of the author kind of coming up with these foils, right? Because Guyane's is the foil to Hanakawa, right? Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of funny because it's... I wouldn't say Oshino has a foil to himself unless you think he does. Because I was going to say, like, the three people... Because I guess you maybe you can make the argument... That What's um the third one? Third disciple called. The third disciple. Oh. So you have Kaiki Oshino. Uh, and Tatsuru, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think she has a foil. Unless. Oh you no no! I'm sorry. Not 
Not uh, Kake something. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The one that's Yotsugi's master. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I can't remember her name. <laughs> she was cool, though. She was hot? Oh, well, you know. She just beat up Araki. <laughs> yeah. The worst character is um, still not bad because their designs are pretty raw. <laughs> like guillot- guillotine cut. Cutter. Gu- cutter. <laughs> and, uh, okay, I can't remember. Uh, dra- dramaturgy. Dramaturgy. Dramaturgy? Yeah. Yeah. He was cool. Was he the one they fought at the end? Uh, no, the end, the one he fought at the end. What was the it? Keys, guillotine, he was, uh, guillotine cutter? Yeah, guillotine cutter. Yeah. That episode was funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, okay. Tangent over. We'll get into the characters later. Um, uh, kind of another thing I want to touch base on what makes the show special is it's something that we haven't really talked about, which I think goes usually just how strong the show is. It's just the directing in art style and animation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, as I was telling you guys earlier, like, Name a show that looks like that what you can watch that you can be described. This looks like Bakimonogatari. Oh, there is it. Even some like Bunny Girl Senpai, which copies takes a lot of influence from Monogatari storytelling wise, doesn't even attempt to like look like it, right? Yeah, it's like night and day. It's like Monogatari got definitely has that maybe French New Wave, I suppose, <laughs> kind of feel. It's just very unique, distinct, just very. It's very clear, and you have you have Bunny Girl Senpai, which is still a solid show. Yeah, but it's it has like the standard, yeah, animation, which is fine. Like it works. I like Bunny Girl Senpai, but it's just kind of funny when you take so much from this great work, but then you don't try to even, you know, we haven't seen anyone copy a show like this. Like maybe you can argue maybe Yuasa kind of does it with some like Azokan in a weird way, but even then, like. I would still hold my... I still think Azokin looks normal in a lot of ways, too. Um, yeah, there's just nothing like it. Maybe, maybe like, some... What's that guy's name? Ikari. The guy that does, like, Penguin Drum. Oh, I- Ikahara? Yeah, he's kind of on that level in terms of directing, where I feel like there's a lot of stuff that he puts in, like, every frame, and there's some weird stuff that happens. But, mm-hmm. again, he doesn't copy that Solomon or Gotri. It's just, like, they're both yeah. unique in that. Sense. Yeah, at least for uh, Yukihara, at least from what I've seen in Penguin Drum, I don't think his symbolism is as clean as Monogatari either. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, this is so great. And like, Kizu is probably like my favorite anime aesthetic. Like, yeah. I just love, like, you know, some movies has a bigger budget, so you expect it to look great. But like, you know, as fans of Monogatari, it's like, most of the seasons all look pretty similar, you know, as the new the new ones do look better than the older ones, but not by much or anything. Like yeah. Suki looks the best out of all of them, <laughs> but uh, that's just like a weird exception. I don't know why they went so hard on it. I got introduced, come out with a banger. But Kizu like does look different than the other ones, and it has like this beautiful art style to it. Like all their characters look great. I really love what they did with it. And it's like, man, those moments where it's like the sun is setting because the sun set in most of the show is this <laughs> peak vibes right there, man. Oh, man, yeah. And like, I love keys. Anyway, we're going to get into the arcs later soon. Yeah, you, you can just, it's just one of those things, almost like Eva, where you can just screenshot anything and you can just put it as a portrait. Like, 
I think the opening to Kizumonogatari 3, where it's just Araragi sitting down while it's raining, shirtless while uh, Meimei is you know right behind them. Uh, it's just such a beautiful shot, just seeing all their expressions. It's just, it's just yeah. so lively. And also shout out to, this is going to be, for me, this is going to be my last point about Meiks Monogatari Special. The openings and the soundtrack in general, beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I love the fact, again, like, Shaft really did, they just, they went ham for <laughs> all of what I got here. So, like, the openings for every arc besides Shinobu <laughs> have openings sung by the voice actresses of the characters. They all have pretty much unique art styles and animations for them. They all sound really unique and fit the character. They're all great. Like, I don't think there's a bad opening for Monogatari. Um, yeah. You just don't see this much uh, love for this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, for the soundtrack, definitely is fantastic. Honestly, soundtracks are something that I could just vibe with, vibe, study, listen to at my own time. Have it like a social like party, even like just that chill kind of music. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, maybe some thinker music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's the one thing I noticed a bit more. Like I was. You, I knew about the openings, obviously, when I got when I first watched it, but I forgot just how much I loved the soundtrack, because watching Baki, I was like, ah, you're playing this song? Let's fucking go. <laughs> Kizu also, man. Best soundtrack. My hot take, I know that's a hot take. I love the Kizu soundtrack. No, no, it's, I don't know if it's a hot take at all. Most people would say that uh, Kizu is kind of just... Peak Monogatari? Yeah, peak, bro. Uh, I'd say um, probably the most... With, I don't know about most, but quite a few would say that, you know, Kizu 3 got the most perfect ending, you know, with, with the best ending theme song to go along with that. Man, yeah. I can't wait to talk about Craig, because that's going to be fun. But, um, yeah, uh, and, like, the voice actors themselves all do a great job, you know. Monogatari is really interesting, because it's such a popular anime, but there's no dub for it. You know, no English. There's other languages that has dubs in, but there's no English one because, you know, people were kind of afraid to see, like, how do you translate that? Because Nishin, Nishin Ishin, he does a lot of, like, wordplay in Japanese. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of people are kind of afraid to like, dub his works, even, like, you know, translate them. Like, I had the Monogatari Light novels, but, you know, there's definitely, like, he's known as an author that does so much wordplay. And you can look at it from even the names, like, like we talked about, like the titles of the arcs. So, you know, when you watch something even subbed, it's like, maybe we can only get a true experience if we speak Japanese. I, I'm joking a little bit when I say that, you know, like, I can see the argument for it because there's something about, like, if you know Japanese, I can definitely see you having a bit more, like, it's an added bonus, right, mm-hmm. for the sub going on. Um, but yeah, it's excellent. The voice acting is great. Can you, uh, Kamiya, my king. Ah. Wait, you said Kamina? Kamiya, the voice actor for Aragi. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too well versed on Seiyu's or voice actors. Yeah. But obviously, that guy, man, does like a. He puts his A game towards like everything he does, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, I th- I'd say this is probably. Um, can I say it's his best role? Because well, you know, he also did Azaya from. Dude, Rao Rao, he also which is did, also peak performance. He also did the guy from um, Suicide Sensei. Yeah. 
Or probably the show. Sayonara, that's supposed yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. <laughs> Need to finish that. He's um in Haikyuu. <laughs> really? What character was he? He's the he's the advisor. Oh, I see it. I see it. Okay. Um, but yeah, he does a lot of roles. But I mean, I would say Aragi is his best performance. I haven't seen Sayonara Sensei, but you know, I've heard people like it, so I'll watch it one day. But um, I think Aragi is so much of a range. It's hard. It's hard not to make that his, especially like. I think Kizu's performance, though. Because <laughs> that's like Aragi is his most raw point. Um, yeah, did you have anything you want to kind of add to what makes it special? Do you feel like we got all the bases covered? No, nah, I think we tapped on all everything, honestly. Plot, characters, uh, audio, visual. Kind of just gets it down pat. Yeah, and then, like I said, like, you know, there's definitely criticism of Monogachi, which we're kind of going to get into, like, for the arcs. Like, we didn't, me and Roger aren't sheep, and we didn't give all of them just tens. Right? Yeah. There's definitely issues with Yeah. So let's get into the arcs. Um, I feel me and you pretty much, we share some mostly the same structure. Um, I'll just say what I have, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Oh, okay, okay. And you can just say if you agree or not. So the way we're going to do this is we're just going to throw, we're just going to do like the broadcast. So. Second season, I'm not going to split second season into arcs, unless you want to. Um, oh, yeah, 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 we got to split into arcs for sure. Okay. I mean, come on, yeah, they're all pretty distinct. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> okay. But, see, the problem with that, though, is, like, Nisei is split into arcs, too. Are we going to do that, too, then? Yeah. We can do that. Oh, I do use what I think it. Cause then it's like that's what I was saying, man. Like it's like, yeah, I, I don't mind doing it for seconds. Uh, when you say arcs, I'm I'm thinking of like the two or three episodes. I didn't know you meant like seasons. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, I'm yeah. Cause I'm just saying, like, I think we both agree that Nisei is the bottom. Uh, or are we counting okay. like individual okay. arcs too? Like uh, you know, C- I think that's why I'm just, that's why I'm just gonna do. We're just going to do the seasons then. Okay. This will make it simpler for us. Because <laughs> if we really want to, I think what we'll do at the end, we'll just say what our general favorite arcs were. Okay. Like, in Individual-wise, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. So, I actually redact my statement. Koyomi is the worst one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think it's pretty uh, clear that Koyomi is the worst one. Uh, and, you know, Nisha Nisha didn't tend to be, like, super serious or anything right so it's yeah. not like when we say worse it's not like we're saying it, it's bad it was still a very fun a, watch yeah it's like it is filler in a way but it's fun yeah I can't even say filler when you know this is monogatari so I, I don't know I, there's something great about you know you, you're just having a nice punchline to look forward to at the end of the episode but you know you can't even say look forward to because you kind of just Forget about it, because you're just sucked in by the witty dialogue anyway. Yeah. Like with Koyomi Stone, you're just kind of getting sidetracked with what's going on until Oshino comes in and calls you stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you guys are just overthinking this. Shut up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because Koyomi is a pretty entertaining watch, and, you know, the ending is like, oh, Oh, okay. I see you guy, and you're just going to kill our boy like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, it, th- those two, last two episodes are definitely the most... Tense? 
remembered once for sure is like yeah it kind of just gets you dude I love the Nanako episode when she keeps on talking about the snake stuff I don't know okay Nanako there's a good lore in all those uh, Kuyomi stuff oh yeah for sure it's like fortunately something's gotta go last but apparently it's gotta be that yeah so Kuyomi is just like 10 minute episode stuff of these the way it's structured is that each episode is like 12 months in Aragi's life and it starts the timeline ranges from post Kizu so like Nekokoro to Owari um so each episode is a sequential order so if you watch it you'll see like how Nekokoro was first <laughs> and from there um yeah like it's just 10 minutes and it's fine like you know it's generally it's the most episodic of all of them the last two are the only ones that are connected and yeah I think we set our piece on <laughs> Koyomi I but then next I would go Nisei you can maybe put something else below but I would go Nisei oh yeah um I do still think Nisei is underrated um uh, let me just think about this real quick cause I'm... cause I would say con- I would say contenders in general for me were just some of the smaller stuff like Hana and Suki but I like them better than like Nisei uh huh yeah, I think that's might just be my personal disagreement. Like I, I'd say my next. You're gonna say Suki, aren't you? Yeah, Suki. Like I know visually it's among the best, but it is the like, best. You can't say among. It is the best. Well, you know, Kizu also. Oh well, yeah, Kizu's a that's on a different bar. Yeah, yeah. Suki is just a very strong way to introduce the third the, season. Yes, the third arc. Or yeah, yeah, and he, he he's third season. That's how he calls it. Yeah, um, I think he, it's like the monster season. No, that's like the spinoff channel. It didn't continue. Uh, something about it. It's still really good. Like it shows, you know, uh, Araragi's kind of been over ex- overextending, and now he has to watch himself. But, yeah, you know, Araragi as a character is like he's. He's, he can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Still a lot of good internal conflict there. I still really like uh, Yoitogi's um, whole whole shtick of, you know, just being a, a tool, a doll. Aragi's trying to re- refute that, saying he sees value in her. But, you know, the arc still ends in a. You know, either you still save them, but it still ended up the way it was going to, which well, is a bit y- tragic. Yeah, and like the best part of it is just the fact that you know the entire the arc is you know about them trying to fight the one spirit guy because he kidnapped uh hanakawa and them and you know yotsuki is like i'm just gonna go boom <laughs> you cool with that arc? He's like no i'm not you're a person don't do that and then she does it and it's like oh that's actually pretty cool and that's why like i actually like suki isn't super high for me i just remember watching it because I remember watching when it came out and thinking this shit looks different like, oh yeah and then I watched it again I was like why these guys go so hard on it yeah like Suki definitely has one of the just the best introductions to the episode it's kind of just the literal montage of just him hanging out with Yoitoi with this amazing track in the background yeah the soundtrack in Suki is also just goaded yeah it's like it's just again. It was just so visually pleasing and entertaining to watch for me. Where, 
my problem with Nisades is like I like Karen B, but I think it's yeah the weakest arc of all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can go into Nisei now. Um, I almost put Nisei below uh, Suki. The only thing reason I can't do that is because you, you know Kaiki Kaiki exists. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, I think Karen's a great character, but, you know, Kaiki kind of also exists in Karen B, so it just can't be the worst arc for me. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I love Kaiki, too. We both love him, so I can't be mad. I, I love the way he challenges Araragi. I love how he's, like, you know, the guy that Senju has, like, this weird history with. But, you know, like, I, it just, like, so much of the, I feel Nisei's... So it's I don't sometimes like it's funny because I don't know how much credit I should give Nishin Inkshin for making an entire sequel to Bake called well after he wrote Bake he wrote Kizu then he wrote Nisei but Nisei doesn't yeah. mean it's fake in Japanese right yeah that's no, hard for me to so kind of like the beginning of Nisei is this weird like kind of continuation of Bake but it's still just weird like not much is happening. Oh, I understand. It's definitely a stark contrast, but still, when things start going into play, like, I think Kaiki's introduction just couldn't be any more perfect. Like, the whole red sky and the crooked tree aesthetic uh, is just so raw. Oh, you hear that? His theme come on? I was like, yeah, was like oof. Beautiful. But, and, yeah, like, it's a very interesting, and, you know, you could argue, well, he intended for the first half of Nisei to be kind of like this weird fakesy thing because it's a fake season. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I get it. But it's almost like, I still find some of the, like the fluff moments are so fun and entertaining. Yeah. And they definitely lead to good things. I just feel like, you know, it's just, eh. And then Tsukihi Phoenix. I like Tsukihi Phoenix because I think it's actually very sweet. Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the fact that Tsukihi is not really Aragi and Karen's like sibling, but she's you know faking it, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to the theme of the season, um, that's kind of like because like, you know Karen's also kind of like faking some stuff too, like her justice and things of that nature. There's a lot of good play in that, which is my favorite things about Nisei. But you know, Tsukihi Phoenix was just really nice. You get introduced to Yotsugi, you get more lore in terms of like who Guyan is and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I thought it was just really fun. I like, again, the ending to me is like the best part where, you know, you see Aragi say, you know, I don't care what you say, she's still my sister. And then, you know, Kaiki comes in at the end, doesn't he? Uh, does he? No, no, he only comes in at the end for Karen B. I thought he came at the end. Because why does y- Yotsugi and her name <laughs> leave him? Because uh... I thought Kaiki came and said, hey, Something's up. Go away. No, I don't think that's how it resolved. Cause then how did it resolve? Because she... We know how she is. She wanted to listen to Aragi like that. I think Aragi is just being plain stubborn, to be honest. And, uh, I don't know, maybe... Because you know how she... Watch. Yeah, but you know how she is, though. Because she just beats... Like, she would beat him up. Yeah, and she did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I, I just... Okay, I'm gonna Wikipedia this. All right, Roger, keep telling you, say. Yeah, I know Kaiki does show up. I don't forget the reason he shows up because it's like he he appears in like a like a donut shop scene, right? Or yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because Araragi thought he got rid of her, and because Kaiki kind of implied that he helped. Oh, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I might. I might have missed it. Might need to rewatch again. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But um. Yeah. So Nisei's is fine. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think it's a little. Uh, like I give it. I think I give it a six when I re-ranked it. I mean, I'm not gonna disagree. I I have uh, like a, yeah. a a seven. I think, I think I either seven. give it a six or seven. Yeah, I think I don't think I'd go that harsh for Nisei. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's a, it's again. I think it's the most. It's definitely the, like the black sheep when it comes to Monogatari seasons. It's definitely the most sexually charged. You know, um, Monogatari is. People who don't watch Monogatari often re- refer to this season when slandering, cause for specifically for like the toothbrush scene, which, and I know Nisio's humor can be in poor taste sometimes, but I at least feel like there's some things to the <laughs> toothbrush scene in regards to like perspectives and uh, Karen's femininity and all that, which they go a lot into it in um, Zoku Owari Monogatari later. So, yeah, there's, there's Nisio. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, so we just finished talking about Nisei and Suki. Um, so, right now, my list is Koyomi, then Nisei. And for Roger, it's Koyomi, Suki, Suki Nisei. Nisei. My third one's actually Hana. Yeah, I might be starting to change my mind now. I think uh, Nisei might actually... Uh, Suki might be slightly better. Let's go. Okay, Let's right. go. You said Hana's next. That's from yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right now, I guess we're just the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Hana is an interesting one. It was originally supposed to be in second season, but Shaft decided to cut it out because it's it's weird because it's the furthest one in the story by a lot. Yeah. And I can understand why they cut it out of second season because it would be. Like, if you were to watch those 26 episodes, and Hana takes place in the middle of second season, so it's not like it takes place after it or anything, like, as a last arc. So, it's definitely, like, a weird one, and I don't mind that they separated it and showed it after second season was over, but it's a very interesting one, as we kind of saw, like, you know, second season kind of gave us our first taste of main characters that weren't going to be Aragi, right, with Hanakawa having her own arc, where it was just her. Yeah, yeah. So Hana is kind of like, again, further that, where's this Kambru kind of learning to live without Senju and Aragi because he go to college. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty interesting one as she kind of like confronts her own past where, you know, her sort of childhood, like kind of rival that she's known for a while now is this kind of in a similar position that she was in with the whole like having, a, you know, the monkey claw and everything and learning to kind of yeah. deal with it. Um my, I think for me, my main problem with Hana is like the pacing. Like it's five episodes, oh, yeah. and I feel like it could just be four. Like I don't, I felt like there was some slow moments in it, and some of the dramatics are a bit, just you know, okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't, there's nothing peak about Hana. I think that's my biggest complaint. Um, unless, like the, unless you want to like the ending, I do like in I mean, it. Funny enough, I think your complaints with Hana are kind of what I feel about Suki. Uh, by the way, I 
it's uh, Suki and then Hana. I, that's my opinion, but so you, I don't know, my, for Hana, I thought it was like on first watch. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I was pretty disengaged by the length of it for what was contained. But on rewatch, I kind of enjoyed, you know, the the, li- the little things that were there. You know, I think you and I can both agree that we loved uh, Kaiki's uh, <laughs> part in there. I mean, it was simply unexpected because you see the end of the second season and you're like. What? <laughs> and they never really explained it, which I still kind of love, but, you know, it's funny. I mean, you know, it's great because, you know, Kaiki's a bastard liar. He's so. a goat, yeah. yeah. it's just perfectly in character. Yeah, that's like my, the part, my favorite part of Han is like Kaiki, and he's there, you know. Like, yeah, how he just outruns Conver. And he's a mustache. <laughs> yeah. And just got eat your meat. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, I'd say my piece on Haunted. Do you want to say anything else about why you like it a bit more than Suki, at least? Yeah, like I said, I liked um, uh, Kaiki's part a lot. I think Araragi's... Um, <laughs> he, yes, he looks ugly. Uh, no, nah, not nah, ugly. He's always beautiful, but I think this is definitely his worst trip. Yeah. Um, but he's still set. I, th- I really liked his bit at the end, just with him. It was just very... Uh, it was like a soothing end for to close it off, and again, Araragi's whole thing. He was cutting Kamburu's hair. It's like, ooh, character development again. Yeah, I think maybe I would have liked Hana if it was in like the third season or something. Cause I feel a lot of like Hana. I almost got. I almost kind of feel like watching Hana at the actual end before Zoku or something because I feel there's this a lot. Since it is chronologically the furthest in the uh, series, yeah, I'd be kind of interested in seeing how it would be like when you watch it literally like at the end of it, um, instead of kind of finishing it in the middle. But um, yeah, it's weird. But I feel like in terms of release order, it it works for what it is. Also, personally, I found the I found the main meat of the story quite solid. It's definitely one of the better self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. I think the plot twist where um, she doesn't know she's dead. actually dead is, was pulled off really strong and I think it just displays the whole theme of the arc really well also the opening's pretty a banger? pretty good too yeah it's a banger while pretty much showing you know the hidden implied details so yeah, yeah I, I like Tana a lot yeah. more rewatch so yeah so yeah again for me it's a Koyomi uh, Nisei Suki and then Hana yeah and then my next one will be Suki um, the real reason I like it a bit more, and we kind of talked about this, like, Suki's just OD when it comes to the animation and, like, the presentation and everything. Yeah, Which Suki. I, like, it's almost funny, because it's almost too out there sometimes, I feel like. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it was really funny, you know, one of our friends, Anthony, who doesn't really watch much of the Monogatari series, I remember him coming in one oh. time <laughs> while we were watching Suki, he's like, this might be a bit too pretentious, right? Because... You know, like I said, Monogatari said to conversation be serious, and you see how hard these guys are going with the animation in Suki, where it's just Araragi just talking to someone, right? And I can be like, you know, I can kind of understand what you're saying, but um, to me, Suki is just like, I don't know, it's just very memorable. Like, I remember it coming out like around New Year's time. I remember being really excited to watch it. You know, the setting is winter. It's like kind of, it kind of feels New Year's Eve in Suki. Yeah. And I just really enjoyed, like, the messing with expectations with. Uh, Yutsuki and Araragi 
I kind of thought the whole idea that Hanakawa and his sisters got kidnapped was pretty funny. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed seeing how they were going to, like, resolve that, especially because, you know, like you said, it's a good introduction in third season because it kind of showcases how Aragi really, like, in third season, he doesn't deal with a lot of people in terms of trying to fix as many issues. It's, you know, O.R. is a lot more about fixing himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> um... So I kind of enjoyed sort of how Yutsuki was like, you know, I know you like being this type of way, but I don't care. I'm just going to do my own thing, which I really enjoyed. And to me, it's just like, it's just a very enjoyable part of the pacing I thought was perfect for it. And like, it just didn't feel like, my main problems with like Nisei and Hana is like sometimes some of it just felt a little lackadaisical. And to me, Suki was like the perfect length. And to me, I was never really bored watching it. Uh-huh. And the opening for that is also good. <laughs> I love that opening. Yeah, I can agree with what you say for the most part. Again, mainly my most... My gripes with uh, Suki Monogatari is it doesn't really hit the emotional highs that Hana does. But yes. it's it's still, like, very well-crafted. Uh, like, it's like Nisei levels of just presentation, but a little more. And it doesn't have, like, the... <laughs> The fluff, or uh, let's just say poor taste in humor. It's <laughs> except for maybe Araragi pulling up Yoitoi's skirt for like a, a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we got, you know, right now, just to recap again, we got Koyomi, Nisei, and then meanwhile, flip flop Hana and Suki. I go Su- Hana, then Suki. He goes Suki, and then Hana. Yeah. Um, next for me will be Neko Koro, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Nekokoro was interesting on first watch because I remember kind of not loving it because it was just weird. Like, I remember thinking, like, why am I watching this almost? Like, we're getting more back here on Hanukkah Cool, I guess. But, you know, once you rewatch it, once I rewatched it with the context of Kizu and me also just paying more attention to Bake, I was like, oh, this is kind of goaded, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, definitely very powerful for sure. Um, and, you know, it just tells a tale of Hanakawa shortly after the events of Kizu where she kind of loses it and really becomes frustrated about her, like, parental situation. And, you know, to me, this is like, you know, you have the trilogy of Hanakawa, right? You have Nekokoro, Nekoshiro, and Tsubasa Cat? No, Tiger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to me, it was just really, like, this is the prologue, in a way, or Act 1, and it's just, it hits all the points that it needs to. The second part does everything it needs to, and the third part does all of that it needs to. And I feel the first part just establishes everything you really need to know about her character, more of what she is, and kind of like her relationship with Araragi, and kind of why she enjoys being with him so much. And it's just, again, like, it's bittersweet in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, it's definitely what makes this arc so unique. It's just how dark it is. I'd say it's definitely one of the harder-hitting arcs, for sure. I didn't pick up the first time, but... You know, second viewing, you know, with extra context. Yeah, I kind of just hit Yeah, I mean, it's like. Because um, you it, hear, like, some situations, like, when you hear, like, send you the pocket, you're like, oh, that's kind of bad. But then, like, that kind of happened in the past, and you kind of see how she gets used to it. And, like, with uh, Hanakawa, it's like, you know, she has parents that aren't her parents, and that don't like her, right? Yeah. And she's, like, living in, like, a hallway or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way it resolves it, it's that 
Yeah, got very sweet, but it's still pretty sad because you know, <laughs> especially at the end where they they say they like quote unquote hate each other, but you know, uh, you could take that at face value. But there's just so many meanings behind that line, depending on the con- context that you're at. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I ca- like just starting from the opening conversation between him and Skihi, you can kind of get a general feeling of what this arc's gonna be about, you know? You know, they're talking about love, and and you can already tell right off the bat that Araragi, he kind of just sees Hanakawa just more, as just more, you know, sexually. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Which kind of just goes into, like, the whole superficiality into it, into it all. Uh, just his way of viewing... Hanakawa is this ideal, perfect being, and yeah, that's Someone how this that, arc just follows. Yeah, and it's just really interesting because it's like, you know, you see how he feels about Hanakawa, and you know, when Sugihi like asks him, like, you know, what do you like about her, he's like, boobs, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, okay, man. And is this kind of like really just prevalent in their relationship? And again, like Nekokuro is like. I think, to me, it's way better watching it if you pay attention to Bake and then you see Kizu. I feel like if you don't see Kizu, I can understand why it's not as exciting to watch. Because I think there's some interest in, like, seeing... Because, you know, she references Nekokuro a lot in Bake, um, or at least Oshino does. And so, to me, it's, like, interesting when you see what they actually deal with in Kuro and Kizu. Because mm-hmm. he's prevalent in both those arcs a lot. True, true. Okay. I think we're ready to move on to the next one. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see if we have the same one in mind. I'm gonna... Oh? Well, because what do we have left? We have Kizu, the two Owari seasons, and Baki, right? And Zoku. Oh, right, right. Was I'm I... gonna go with Owari season one next. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. It's, yeah, because season one is Sodachi and Ugi, right? That's it? Yeah. No, no, no. Season one is... Uh, it's Sodachi. Yeah, it's Sodachi. And Ugi. It's Ascent Dark. No, it's uh, Shinobu, the Shinobu thing. No, that's season two. No, it's... Uh, oh, well, Warrior season one starts off with them in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Ugi... first six episodes is the Soda- Sodachi... Okay, yes. Episode one is... Um, the classroom. Yeah, which is Ugi, and then shit. Then, then Sodachi. Uh, Sodachi, and then the whole Shinobu. That's the servant thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to clear that up. So again, I guess that shows you how much we love Awari. <laughs> yeah, which we do. Um, common opinion, but yes, the first half of Awari season one is really, really good. I think it's peak Monogatari. I would agree. I think Sadachi is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful character. And I love really just. I think it's so brilliant. Wari <laughs> season 2 and 1 work so well as a pair because of the theme of really Aragi bettering himself. And Sadachi is such a great start where it's like, this is a girl that Aragi lost, that he failed. Yeah. Right? And yeah. seeing that resentment and seeing how mad she is and. You know, Aragi trying to help her out that was this really cool. Yeah, it really is. I what I really like about this arc is it it just shows like how chained 
Araragi is like this is not an easy situation to resolve. This is just something that's been repressed with within him. You know, I know uh, some some people might not like how what was it Ugi and Hanikawa were like uh, pre- like pressuring Araragi to come up with an answer. Is <laughs> like this and that and this and that. And Araragi's like I get it, but. You know, he's still running away from the truth. Yeah, and like once you know what Oogie is, I mean, it makes a lot of sense why he acts the way he does. Yeah, f- for sure. It's just Oogie's just such a good antagonist in general. Yeah, and you know, the, the first half I think is just great. Sadachi's story is really compelling. I like how he doesn't really have a happy ending. She just leaves, and that's it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, it, it's, it was a pretty good send-off to close it off. It just didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, and then the, uh, Shinobu stuff at the end, I always forget happens, because <laughs> I, I got, like, Awara Season 1 was the last one I remember watching weekly, and even then, like, when we are going to re-watch, I remember asking, so I know in Awari, that's when Sodaji gets introduced, what happens after? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that the second half of Awari is uh, definitely... Not as good, but it's it's it's, it's not good. bad. I still like it. Like yeah. I think the them resolving the situation she has with the samurai is really smart. Oh yeah, and I, and I still enjoy it. It's just like I think it's weird because you know a lot of people kind of meme Shinobu's moments in Monogatari besides Kizu. Yeah, because they're always like info dumps. It almost feels like. <laughs> um, and but I kind of really enjoy that send up, and it works well with you know her arc that she had in second season. Uh, and, and you know, I thought it was kind of cute, like seeing you know, Aragi and her former you know, c- you know partner for the most part kind of meet each other and like just talk it out. I thought it was really entertaining. Yeah. Also, just the last ep- episode. Oh, I mean, like the the climax, just to close it off, was really good. Mm-hmm. Also, very powerful stuff. I really love Araragi's monologue at the end. <laughs> I don't know, Aragi's monologues and Shinobu arcs just always hit, man. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that and, um, let's see, there was one more highlight I want to, to touch on. Or maybe not highlight, low light. The <laughs> arc's just way too long. It's six episodes. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> honestly, the parts I remember in that arc are when Kamaru and Aragi first meet the samurai guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kamaru tries to fight him, he's like, oh, on God. <laughs> And then I remember the samurai guy becoming kind of handsome. He became like a weirdo character. He became like a human form. Yeah. And then didn't... Nanako wasn't in that arc, right? Nope. Um, Hanukawa, was she in that arc? Nope. It was Kanburu. That That was it? Yeah. Was Did just... Yotsuki hap- help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yotsuki was here. Um, but yeah, like, that was it. <laughs> and then, like, obviously the ending, I remember. Uh, one more highlight for... Uh, actually, for the Sudachi arc, if you want to know peak voice acting, just go, just go to uh, Sodachi's break breakdown. Like, she just hits, like pure, just rage, like both seething, quiet, and then just yeah, it's wonderful. All out, it's just fantastic. Yeah, like Ovari season one is good. Has some really cool highlights. Again. The second half of it is just... It has cool moments. The lowlights aren't as bad, but still, it could have been a little bit shorter. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, that's just that name gripes with it. So what, Zoko next? Uh, let's see, we have Bakke, Yeah, Zoko next. <laughs> yeah, Zoko is like the epilogue, and it's kind of, you know, an interesting one because, you know, War Season 2, I think, ends pretty perfectly in a lot of ways, oh, right? Yeah. So it's kind of nice having this little treat in Zoko and this really cool what-if scenario where the theme of this show is like, okay, Aragi saved all these girls and so all this stuff with them, but what happens if we mirror them? <laughs> so, you know, he enters the mirror world and he sees all these different versions of the people that he saved. So, like, Hajikuji's this adult person that's really, like, energetic and it's a god. That's not a lost nail, right? Like, everyone knows who Hajikuji is, right? Yeah. Um, you have Sodachi who lives with Aragi who... She, you know, in this timeline, Aragi saved her, right? And now they're like, you know, they're kind of like a sibling. Um, Karen is a bit more just a regular girl for the most part, right? And Suki, she didn't change, right? She was still the same. Yeah, because that's just who she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hanukkah was this black Hanukkah the entire time because she just got mad. <laughs> and then uh, Kamburu was also just mad all the time. Yeah, she was just the rainy devil in there. Yeah, because she just succumbed to her powers. Um, and, you know, it was just, like, a really fun arc. Like, I remember really having a lot of fun with Zoko just because those what-if scenarios were really cute because, you know, you get a, such a great climax of Season 2 of OR and you kind of think, like, what else can he do? And then you watch Zoko because I didn't really read much about what it was going to be, the story was going to be about. Yeah. So I didn't know it was going to be mirror versions of themselves. And now I'm like, oh, this is kind of dope. It, it was very fresh watching it. Oh, yes. It's definitely a joyride. But it kind of just hits all the right notes. Because I think it's also just such an easy to breeze watch. Like, the theming is just really clear. You can definitely tell what Nisio is trying to go for. In fact, uh, it's, just, it's just a nice way to kind of go... It's just a very nice roundabout. Like, even I forgot about some things. Like, I think the one that actually interested me the most was, like, Karen's situation. Like, uh, I forget her femininity complex. Uh, I think they touched on that pretty well. It's like, oh, yeah. wow, I kind of just yeah. got glossed over it. And, yeah. you know, Nadako being very aggressive and brash was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, one of my favorite moments about it is the fact that Senju didn't have a version of herself because... Which Cho was ironically touching. <laughs> yeah, because like, to Araragi, like, Senju was a person that, you know, saved herself for the most part. And you can kind of see how much he, like, really genuinely loves her. He doesn't think that... He doesn't think of a what-if situation with her, right? Like, what if I did this differently or whatever? Um, which I think is, again, very touching and very telling of, like, Araragi's loyalty to her, too, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Zoko, like... It's it's just a perfect consistency of just being a nice ride. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there's nothing insanely high about it, but it's just a really comfy ride. Yeah, it's I think it's the perfect <laughs> epilogue. Just yeah, like if you're gonna end a way to like, if you wanted to do one more little season of Monogatari, this is like the perfect thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so we got War season two, second season, and Balke. Um, oh. Awara season two? Question mark? Oh, and Kizu. Um, I still would go Awara season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably go a lot with Awara season two as well. Yeah. You can start off this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. I was just trying to get, trying to get my thoughts together. Okay. Uh, 
it's I mean, at this point we're kind of just getting into peak monogatari because there's almost no issues I have almost no issues with I mean Ovari's second yeah, season yeah if anyone has issues second season this fight beat <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty tough cause like like it starts off with the banger right you have like the nice little date with uh you know it starts off no, with Hajikuji yeah uh, it starts off with Hachikuji, which okay maybe it's the weakest of the three but it's still like really good it's and like, it's still also, yeah like the audio visuals are like complete peak performance yeah and it's just very nice and touching too cause it's like you know, you don't think you're gonna see Hajikuji again really be like have a prominent role, so it was really great seeing her in that way. And it's funny too because it's like, yeah. if you didn't see Koyomi, it'd be kind of weird like going to start a war season. You're like, why is he in hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it was really like the you know I still like the beginning quite a bit actually. Um, and then you know like the hints with you know we're finally gonna figure out who Ugi is right after all these seasons of wondering who the fuck is this character. And then, you know, when you get the big reveal of that, it's just Araragi, you're like, you're just kind of like, you just nut a little bit. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. And then one fucking Oshino came back? I double nutted. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yeah, and, and Hanekawa. And then Araragi's like, I can only save myself. I'm like, please, please stop. Yeah. I can't keep doing this. Yeah, that was just pure three goaded episodes but don't let that distract you from the other two arcs which are also Itagi Rendezvous Itagi Rendezvous is just the Plus? most wholesome thing ever it is love Sanjo <laughs> uh, yeah, is it I don't know honestly if we talk about the other ones I think second season might actually be a little higher but so it's kind of sad playing it here but still it, really good <laughs> like you can make an argument with me that Bake could be at the spot and I wouldn't kill you. Yeah. Um, I like Bake a lot and that was going to be my next one. So... Yeah, we could move on to Bake. But, but yeah, Over Season 2, like, I, I would say it has the second highest peaks. I think Second Season for me has the highest peak. Oh, yeah. But Over is just... Those three moments that we just talked about at the end are so goddamn good. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. It's just weird because, like, Bake, I don't think, has that, but it's so consistently good and so well-directed, right? Oh, yeah. And then Kizu is this peak Monogatari. <laughs> I don't have any complaints with it. Like, I don't know. It, it just becomes, I think, at that point, just preference where you kind of rank the last three or last four. Yeah. Because, actually, I, I feel like maybe, I don't know, like, I, I think, I think it's fair for us to put Bake next because, Without Bake's existence, a lot of what makes Awari Season 2, some of his go-to moments, are kind of lost if you if Bake wasn't as good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's uh, the only reason I would put it above, just a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to knock on Bake. We can go to that next, because it's just, it's just the perfect starter. Everything is just so refined. Every, you know, yeah, you have five characters and they're all fleshed out they're all like pretty unique well, too yeah and you have all these really you have this nice range of like you know pretty serious troubles to less serious troubles and it's interesting just seeing how everything unfolds and you know it's a perfect introductory like you said where if you watch the Senju Gahar Hitagi Crab Arc in the beginning and you don't like it you're not gonna like Monogatari right? yeah and 
if you do, you're just going to get rewarded with like, the stuff we've been talking about in Warrior Season 2. I think it's kind of fitting having the last, you know, quote-unquote really big story one, the first story one, kind of like back-to-back. Um, because, you know, Hitagi Crab's really good. Subasa Cat, what can we say about that? Yeah, it's just kind of packed with, you know... Like, Nadako, Nadako Snake is still really entertaining. Kambaru Monkey, it was this devil, right? What was Kambaru's called? Monkey Devil? <laughs> uh, is it, is it a, a devil? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and then Hajikuji Snail, I mean... All of them are just really entertaining, and they're all just perfect introductions to each of those characters and the problems that they have. And again, Baki, I think the brilliance that it has, that thing again kind of makes me put it in the above Awar and some of the others, is just the directing is so good. Like, watching it is so fun and entertaining. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's almost weird for me. I remember watching Baki when I rewatched it. And I kind of was thinking, is there been anything better directed than this? And then I watched Kizu. I was like, okay, maybe Kizu is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it still, to me, stood the test of time where I was just incredibly impressed by the directing in the fir- Bakke because it's the first oh, yeah, one. Yeah, Bakke, I think it's just going to be one of those animes like Evo where it's just timeless. Yeah. So. It's just timeless. Um, like, I was thinking maybe there might be some lowlights, but there really kind of isn't. Like, yeah, I, like thought, I thought maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe Hachikuji Snail was maybe a, a, little, a little behind the pack, but until I realized that it still has some really strong peaks, like, yeah. you know, the moment when you realize that Senjo Gahara can't actually see Hachikuji is like, that's still a very powerful moment. Yeah, you know? and also just seeing, like, it again kind of just shows you, like, how much Araragi is just so loyal and so, you know, re- like, relentless, right, in helping these people out, right? Like, he doesn't really get why Senju, like, Senju kind of, like, helps him out because, like, they're dating and stuff, but you can tell she's not, like, all the way into it, especially because the fact that he, she can't even see her, right? Yeah. And is like, just, I have to, you know, take this girl home, you know, you have a mom and stuff like that. And this is very sweet, like, seeing him go that extra mile, especially when you're in this very weird situation where you can technically never get back home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I just, Apocalypse is so good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and like, every episode is just in the right place and it ends up perfectly with with Tsubasa Cat. But also, before that, there's a nice breather with, you know, Senjo Kahara dating. Yeah. Even what's considered the weakest arc, Nautico Snake, is still pretty solid because it already gets into Araragi's whole saving complex. Like, I really like the whole bit where. Um, he's still upset that the, the the whole thing got resolved by the snakes going back to <laughs> to bite the other yeah the other kids is like you know normally we we wouldn't give a damn or most other protagonists but Araragi he's just yeah different. he was mad about it yeah um, yeah I mean Baki to me is just the king of consistency. It's just a better Zoko in a lot of ways. And that, to me, is, like, why I just put it above that. And even in War Season 2, because there's so much that it establishes and does in the first season that it's kind of insane when you think about how much it really does for this series. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just got so clean. Okay. Yeah, after that, uh, we only have two left, right? We just have... Kizu in second season. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go... I'm, I'm going Kizu... I kind of got to think about this. Uh, 
Might be a coin toss, man. I mean, actually, yeah, let's go with Kizu next. Yeah, Koyomi Vampire. Yeah, so, you know, Kizu was the long-awaited one. It was supposed to be out, you know, in the light novel, it comes out second. In the anime, it came out, like, fifth. You know, Shaft just kept on tinkering with them. People are like, why is it taking so long? And then you watch it like, oh, I get why it took so long. Because it's fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, I'm still, like, I remember being so blown away when I first watched it. Because I was just like, okay, let's see what Kizu is about. I'm excited to watch it. Because I've only seen the posters. I never saw any trailers or anything for it. So I had no idea they would, like, change up the look. And the first thing is, like, you know, Aragi waking up, getting, leaving the room, and getting on fire. And you're like, oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you see, like, the art style, how it's a little bit, you know, different. And you see, like, this... Like, what we talked about before, he's just, like, the perfect vibes exist in that. Oh, yeah. It's just... It is the definitive best-looking anime I have ever seen. Outside maybe End of Eva. But it's, like... Ooh! Yeah, it is. Just... Like, the character designs are so good. Hanekawa looks so hot. Araragi yeah. looks so great. Oshino looks so hot. badass. Shinobu yeah, looks hot. Everyone looks hot. Yeah. Even episode. Yeah, even episode. That bastard. Yeah. And it's just, it has a perfect setup to the story. is pretty simple, right? Aragi finds Shinobu wounded. He's like, what the fuck do I do? And it's great because we know Araragi is a character from Bake being this guy that's the opposite of that, right? Yeah. As soon as he sees someone in trouble, he just goes for them. So this being the first point chronologically and this telling our right just kind of like origin story, it was almost awesome just seeing him become the character that he becomes in Baki in future arcs, right? Yeah. And I really love, like, you see how his relationship with Shinobu forms because we haven't really talked about Shinobu that much, you know, throughout this really ranking, but she's such an important character to Araragi, and their relationship is a lot of, like, you know, what makes the show also click. Yeah. Right? And it also explains why Shinobu acted the way she did in Bakke, right? So it's really great seeing that. And, you know, the first movie focuses kind of on already becoming a vampire and meeting mm-hmm. Oshino. Second one's the best movie, I would say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Re- the third movie should be the best in terms of you know, t- emotional resonance. It is a perfect closer, especially with the ending monologue cut to credits beautiful music but I would say that I, I think they see like part two the the most yeah, yeah it just it fits the, it would fit the most as a movie yeah right you have this pretty simple structure of okay this movie is gonna be Aragi fighting the three guys and him kind of training a bit with Shinobu you see Shinobu progressively throughout you know the hacks of the movie become older as she gets more of her powers back and it's just such a it's very it was very entertaining had really great moments. The battles were all really fun to watch. And really just... Like, I remember... I loved, like, the last battle where Aragi just went sicko mode. <laughs> He's like, yo, you trying to touch my girl? You can't do that. Ooh. Yeah, so much for Guillotine Cutter. And it was great actually knowing who Guillotine Cutter was. <laughs> yeah, all those uh, references in Nisei. We're like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> watch the second season. Whose episode? Who is this guy? <laughs> um, Yeah, and then the third movie, I mean... That ending fight with him and Shinobu was so good. Oh, yeah. And then, like, that end where you see, like, that change in Aragi's mind where, you know, she's like, you uh, you can just kill me. I just want to die. And Aragi's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, just perfect. You know, translates to 
think Kiza means scar, so these are just two scarred people. And now they just gotta live with each other. And then, you know, if you ever rewatch Baki again, now when you see Shinobu being sad, <laughs> being sad, it's like, oh. <laughs> you get it, because she just wanted to die. Yeah. And again, like, watching Kiza just gives you so much. And there's so much appreciation, too, of like that relationship evolving, right? You see it in Nisei. And then you see it just continuously go up from there all the way up to, like, you know, the thing we talked about in Noir Season 1. Oh, yeah. <sighs> is um is the end of Kizu or Janeka Koro or Aragi was like, I can never date Hanakawa? That's Koro, right? That's Koro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Kizu was still really great in terms of like, seeing that relationship bloom. It was kind of funny seeing mm-hmm. how Hanakawa interacted with Aragi at first. Yeah, that was just, I thought it was the weirdest relationship. It's like, why do so much for Aragi, but until you everything kind of just connects together? It's like, yeah. Best scene, though, is when Aragi is like, can I touch your boobs to Hanakawa? Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, most people hate that scene. <laughs> so that ended up. <laughs> I mean, the best animated scene in the entire movie? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> do you hate that scene? I think it's funny. No, I don't hate it. It's, it's definitely pretty funny. Everyone's just. They, I'm pretty sure most people just want to see those two fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like me and, Ro- me and Roger can't say enough good things about Kizu because everything about that movie is like what we said, peak Monogatari. Yeah. I just think the peak, like Monogatari has a lot of peaks to it. Yeah. And my only qualm with it is that Awari season two and second season to me have better, higher peaks mm-hmm. because it's hard to really have super high peaks if you're just the beginning of the story mm-hmm. Cause especially because we know what's really going to happen here we know that Aragi became a vampire with Shinobu we didn't know how that happened and, yeah. and but it just adds so much and again it's such a great experience as a movie it's almost crazy god yeah it's so good uh-uh, it's and the not... soundtrack is so good you know, I'm, I might switch on my oh, rankings oh. I don't know I'm just going to switch Zoku uh, not Zoku so <laughs> A second season in Bakke because I think the peaks are starting to hit a little more. Um, but yeah, uh, Monogatari second season, yeah, I think best we one? can agree that's the best season. Yeah, like I love this season a lot too because you know this is the season I got caught up in Monogatari, so I remember watching Neko Shiro on Daisuke or something. It was like a streaming service that was just for Monogatari, and I remember being so pumped and being like. Wait, why is Hanukkah the main character in this first episode? What's going on here? <laughs> and then slowly falling in love with it, loving the moment where Aragi just comes in with a fucking sword. He's like, sup? So, uh, I think, yeah, it pains me to say this, but yes, that is the best rejection scene of all time. Ah. It really, it really stings, but it's also... It's so it's perfect. It's also the perfect fitting ending. Yeah. It's the way, only the way it could have ended. Yeah. Even Aragi, oh god, he's when he's like, I know, uh, it's like I'm, I'm happy you said that, but yeah, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know where to. St- okay, let's start with the bad second season. The Shinobu arc's the worst arc. Yeah, uh, that's commonly agreed. And uh, you know, it's, just, it's it's funny. Like it's cool because learning more about Shinobu in terms of her backstory was fun. Again, felt like an info dump, especially with the slideshows, but you know. Yeah, still very beautiful looking um, scroll. Uh, it's still 
decent, decently directed. Yeah. It's, it's still very strong. And, you know, it does set up for Warrior Season 1, so, you know, it, it has a purpose to it. But it, it does balance out by, uh, you know, the last <laughs> episode, which made most people cry. For, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, sure you know, so you know why. Hajiku, you saying Yeah, it's me? like, yes, you had that info dump, but you also have this peak scene here. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that peak scene's wonderful. And then, you know, the other arcs are, like we said, like, Tsubasa, so good. Like, the perfect conclusion to her character arc and her really, like, becoming one with herself and becoming confident about what she is and yeah. expressing her own opinions, you know, that that when, when Aragi comes down she's like I love you he's like no it's still it's so good because it just yeah. releases everything that you've been seeing from the past arcs of that relationship and the fact that you know she did it without Aragi too right like Aragi yeah. the, the only thing he did was like help her to like that one time like she figured everything else out yeah again can only save herself and you Tana, know uh, yeah that, that's arc is just a 10 out of 10 so, um, the Hajikuji time travel arc was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely one of the. It's not. I can't even say it's a low light, but yeah, it is. It's the a weaker one, one of the weaker ones. It's still really fun though. Yes, we love a, adult Hajikuji. Yeah, we love the, uh, seeing an alternate universe of Kiss Shot. We loved this whole zombie, sl- uh, whole, whole zombie scenario. And I think a lot of what makes that thing great too is like yeah, when you see Kizu. You get so much rela- you get so much of that relationship with him and Shinobu, and just seeing that like how it went from Shinobu being just a sad girl that hated Aragi for not killing her to literally not even being okay without him in the world is just really cool seeing that dichotomy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> seeing a Dohajikuji fight those zombies and stuff like that was just really it was just like a really fun arc. It was again another like perfect arc for kind of what season two was going for especially because it was kind of airing around summer and it's like why would we just go back in time guys uh i also love the little touch with senjo gahara where uh oshino uh <laughs> is like hey in this world uh, you're still dating senjo gahara and it's like oh wow those two really were meant for each other <laughs> yeah it just wasn't out of a whim yeah so yeah that arc is good um i think we're about to get to the the two goat arcs in Monogatari now? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a Komodusa. And they tag again? Yeah. Uh, it's a, oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, they go hand in hand. And they do. They're sequels. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, I remember... Because, <sighs> yeah, you know, beforehand, pretty sure everyone would put Nadako as their least favorite Monogatari character. Yeah. But yeah, this one kind of just flips it all around. <laughs> yeah, like, this is where, you know, Nisha Nations is just a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like, you always kind of see Nadelko as this kind of, like, not cringy character, but you kind of just feel bad for yeah. her because yeah. she obviously loves Araragi, but you know she doesn't have a chance. Yeah, you, you think she's just like this uh, moe bl- generic moe blob. And then, you, you know, you see the scene in Nisei where she, like, plays strip to get Twister with <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're kind of like, what is happening here? But then you get a little hint, like, don't look in my closet. Don't look at it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you see Nanaka Medusa being this, such a genius arc where it's like, God, I, I love this arc so much, where it's like, you know, she gets a snake guy, and the snake guy is like, hey, 
what's going on here? You trying to act nice to these people? What's good? You shouldn't be doing that. You're a queen. Oh, yeah. Go after <laughs> these guys. And that, and that uncle just looking at her, you know, phrasing, be like, yeah, you right, Snake, you right. <laughs> <laughs> and then just her doing everything that she does, really, like, getting guy in seal, going berserk, going sicko mode, being like, all right, fuck you for not liking me. I'm just going to kill you, bro. Oof. Like, the one of the best things is obviously when she flips out in the school, she's like, everyone shut the fuck up. <laughs> such a good scene and then like the entire conception of the arc too where you know Arc is like Nanako who are you talking to you're talking to your bracelet is like she's like wait I'm talking to a snake though <laughs> but she wasn't cause it was a lie alright and I yeah. think it's also the arc that just makes the best use of the whole unreliable narrator yeah cause Nanako's going crazy yeah <laughs> and it's just like it's so wonderful I remember watching it again because I knew I was going to like the arc this and Itaki End were already my favorite arcs in the series yeah. so watching it again I was like I even got more out of it I was like fuck man this is so good and like the opening theme too is delicious <sighs> so nice oh yeah Nautica openings are definitely in the- yeah they're the best <laughs> um, yeah and the way this and like this the ending is so shocking right where mm. she just fucking again she just goes to berserker mode right yeah stabs him 11 times and you're like uh what <laughs> <laughs> shinobu comes out like don't you dare <laughs> oh yeah shinobu is bodied uh senjo kahara comes through senjo kahara is like um hey uh give us give us hey can you wait till graduation please and i could be like hey, dumb bitch short sure. <laughs> yeah Oof. And then we get into Itagiyen. Yeah, this is both. Yeah, this is our favorite arc, Peak Monogatari. Like, like it's it's kind of funny in a way how the two peak arcs in Monogatari, at least I think for both of us, don't even have Aragi as a main character in it. Yeah, it is funny. It's like common debate. It's like who's the best Monogatari character, Aragi or Kaiki? I personally, and I think Aragi is the best character. I think it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. With all the development he gets. Yeah, but Kaiki, he just won our hearts here. I mean, yeah. I was so... Dude, I remember watching this when it first came out. I was like, wait, is Kaiki about to become the main character for this arc? <laughs> That's my boy. Are we really about to see this? Is this about to be the most goaded arc of all time? Yeah, like the literal best part of Nisei. And now he's the main character. Oh, yeah. so good. I fucking the intro where Senju Gahara's like, hey, meet me at the airport. He's like... Eh, sure, why not? Us. Meet me at the di- diner, wear something different. <laughs> he has, like, the Hawaiian shirt on and everything. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's so, such a perfect scene. Every scene in there is just great. Yeah, From like, that to the... Just the whole investigating. Him meeting Oogie. Oh, yeah. Uh, devious Oogie was there. Ooh. Yeah, Oogie's the one that fucking gave Nanako, like, hey, guy in seal, though. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, and, like... The best part, I mean, Kaiki's the main character, right? That's, like, the best part of oh, Itagi yeah. Yen. And it's so perfect because, you know, Senju Gahara, she said such a weird relationship with Kaiki where Kaiki was the only person before Aragi that tried to save her. She just was a sham. <laughs> but a lot of, like, what made Kaiki, you know... You know, Kaiki's this, such a complex character where he's a con man, but, you know, these characters he does care about, he wanted to help Senju Gahara, he just couldn't, mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't, you know, he does bad things. I mean, he tricked middle schoolers. He, he kind of let, let that dog go down this trail, right? Believing in these stories and stuff just for money. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, Araki hates him because they're both the spoils of each other, right? So Hitagi knows that he Hitagi knows that Araki can't solve Nanoku, Nanoku, which is again another building part of the arc, is the fact that Araki can't save her, right? This is like the first person you see in the entire series where he can't do anything. Oh yeah. Um, and so her going to the foil of him, Kaiki, like, hey, dude. You got this for me though, and Kaiki be like, eh, "You got money though," <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I got money." <laughs> and then you know he does it, and this the way he does it is is brilliant. Yeah, uh, you just love to see the flip flop to where Kaiki, where they can only save certain people. You know, Araragi he was able to save, uh, well, not what you say, but he was able to help out Senjo Gahara. Like he's able to finish that off and like. Kaiki was able to help Nariko. Yeah. And I just love that whole dynamic, that dichotomy. Also, uh, just... I just love those. You're, you're expecting, like, the biggest climax after all this called Itagi End. And, you know, you have the big <laughs> boss, Nariko. She was hyping this up to be one really big battle. And then it just ends in the most perfect way ever. <laughs> hey, uh... I saw you. I saw you. You draw manga. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wish I could record my reaction to that for the first time. Yeah, and it's so great too because you see, you know, when Kaiki's doing the investigation, he starts talking to Nadoko. He's like, "Oh, this bitch, simple man. This is gonna be easy money." And then he goes and you know he tries to still get some information. He goes and he's like, "Oh shit, this is what's in her closet." Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you know he's trying to like tell like, "Oh yeah." He talking to you right there, dad, bro. Get out. What are you doing here? He's like, ha ha ha, die. You're lying. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect this to happen. Nautico is definitely one of the best uh, antagonists out there. Uh, it's just scary. She's unpredictable. Like, you know, even a brilliant man like Kaiki. He, like, he, he, he lost. You know, he, yeah. he almost lost. <laughs> he was going to die if he didn't know the manga. Yeah. Like that, that was his only ticket out of it, so thankfully that man's good off the dome, but still. Yeah, like, you know, again, this just shows you how that how good that arc is, because, you know, Naruto represents a lot of, like, that dangerous and craziness of, like, being that middle school, high school age, right? Being so unpredictable and eccentric, but also worrying about the craziest things, like, she could have just killed all these people, got her revenge and everything, but Kaiki said, oh, your manga's pretty interesting. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> and just gets embarrassed by it, right? And then you see this notion of, like, how Kaiki is able to save her, mm. right? Where Aragi could have never done what Kaiki did there, you know? He would never have just gone to Nadako's room, just went in the house, lied to her parents, and then checked out the closet. Yeah. Right? Because he's respectful. He's not going to do that kind of stuff, especially if uh, Nadako said no right <laughs> and the fact that like you kind of see in a lot of ways the way Iragi saves people he kind of does it in this way of you know he tries to make them save themselves in a lot of ways right but he also kind of aids them and pushes them in the right direction right and you see Kaiki just be like yeah keep up with manga you're kind of good I don't care <laughs> don't ca-. he's like you know don't worry about these guys just do you baby and it's kind of like it's, it's pretty brilliant <laughs> Yeah, best arc for sure. Oh my, like second season. Yep, I, I, I I'm pretty comfortable putting it. It's just so good. Like it's crazy. It's just stacked. 
And, you know, for those wondering, you know, how if our list would change much if we broke up second season, <clears throat> it would change a little bit. But, I mean, Itagi and, and Nadoka Mujiza, to me, would still be, like, the top arcs. Like, I don't think they're not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's literally three 10 out of 10 arcs in there, so. Yeah, so it's just, again, the perfect conclusion. And, you know, it's, I think it's really wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. like, I really love second season because I like the idea of, the first season of Monogatari being, you know, Bake, Kizu, Neko, being this sort of story that establishes Araragi, some of the other characters. Second season, you know, you take a foot off the brakes, you see these other characters shine more, right? is not the main character a lot in second season. And then we go back to the third season where we kind of focus back on our boy again and mm-hmm. him concluding his arc. Yeah. God, I just love that story structure. And then... Yeah. Us. Yeah, I have no more words to say on second season. It's just yeah, Itagi ends opening also amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kaiki singing, oh gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kaiki singing is just hilarious, but also just so soothing to the ear for some reason. Yeah, love the visuals too. It just yeah. plays perfectly into the arc. Is our is our Ragi and Shimos? This character never got an opening. I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know. We, I think the next thing we can, you know, kind of talk about, even though we kind of talked about it during our arc rankings, is this kind of, you know, shouting out some of our favorite characters. I mean, like we said, Kaiki is probably my favorite character in the show. Is he yours? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's my um, favorite character. I don't know. It's like, we got like, I have like three, three favorites. I have Kaiki. Nariko, Hanakawa, then Kaiki. I wouldn't even know how to order it, but... I guess I, if I really had to choose, I'd probably say, uh, like, hmm, I actually have Hanukawa as my, maybe my favorite Monogatari character, actually. That's fair. I think I would go, Kaiki's, like, definitely my favorite character, because ever since Nisi, I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> and he's always been that. Like, you know, I saw more of Monogatari, where I got to see Aragi's, you know, entire story complete, so there's just more out there, but Kaiki would never change. I'd go uh, Hanakawa and then Araragi. I just love those two a lot. Mm. And I think, I just like, Awara Season 2, Araragi like, realized that like, Ugi is like the manifestation of kind of like his what ifs and his angry side. I thought it was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. And him dealing with that, oh, so good. Um, in terms, I guess we can maybe like also talk about like, your favorite openings. Do you have a favorite opening? Um, I'd say. Uh... I'd say uh, Renai Circulation, but <laughs> I, in terms of what I think is the best opening, that would probably also be Nadako's second opening. Okay, okay. I, I would My favorite any, uh, opening is so Hitagi End's yeah. opening, but the Nadako ones are like two and three. Yeah, I'm not good enough because, again, that's like Hitagi End's has my third favorite opening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Yeah, for ending theme, I think Baki's the best. So I would agree with you. I remember some of the endings. I don't remember all of them that well. They were good, though. Some of them. <laughs> they, were, they at least look cool. I'll give them that. Yeah. Um. And in terms of what else we got, uh, I guess a, a question we maybe could end it off is like, if, you know, I have the light novels now and I'm kind of interested in reading it, how do you think you'd like reading them? Because um, it's definitely be a different experience. Yes, it's definitely going to be a different experience. I think Monogatari as a story is so strong that it can pretty much, it pretty much like, 
translate to any medium and still be a very solid story, albeit it's, uh, I feel like you might get the value of it still gonna change. Like, I think, I can't even say if it's a good adaptation or not. I can say it's a good anime, but I don't know how good it's gonna be from the light novel. So it's definitely be interesting to see its origins. I also know there's some manga, ongoing manga for it as well. And the art just looks out of this world. So yeah, it just seems like Monogatari just gets so much love, no matter the medium. Yeah, and the one thing I'm kind of excited for is that America, they've published, they're about to publish Zoko Awari, and the anime hasn't done, um, so Wanagatari and Lionel has actually continued. Um, there's a monster season, which is kind of this interesting idea where Nation Ishii is basically doing these kind of like side stories with the, uh, some of the characters like Nanako gets one. And then Yatsuki gets one. They're kind of like pseudo-sequel kind of character stories about these uh, people. And I'm really interested in reading those if they ever translate them, which they haven't announced yet. Mm. But I hope they do because I'd be really interested in reading those because there's no anime for it. And there might be one. You know, there are a lot of people that see Shaft is definitely interested in the series and still loves it. And I'd be down to watch more. Like, I, Monster Season sounds really appealing to me. And there is the final third season of Monogatari now. I don't think it's final. I think it's called... Monogatari third season or something where it actually follows Aragi in college and um, it's either that or like he's older and he's like a cop or something but he becomes he's like in college or something he's it's him older oh I didn't know that yeah so the line notes keep on going and he's still writing them so I hope Shaft either adapts them or we get them in America because I would love to you know consume them Especially because we've seen so so many great peaks, I just don't think I don't Nishan Nishan kind of a genius, right? <laughs> I, I don't think he's gonna write bad stories. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he has a very solid track record. You know, even even with his weird taste of humor, he can still create one of the best best peaks in just any manga in general. Yeah. Um, or just peak fiction. Yeah. So. I think overall that's going to be it for us. Just to kind of reiterate our list for the arcs for Monogatari, where mine list was Nisei, not Nisei, Koyomi, Nisei, Hana, Suki, uh, Zoko? Do we have Zoko after that? No, Wari Season 1. Okay, yeah, Wari Season 1, then Zoko. Yes. Yeah, war, yeah, and then you had a Wari Season 2, Bakke, yeah. and then. Kizu in second season. Yeah, and, and my list was uh, Koyomi, Nisei, Suki. Uh, Suki, and then Hana, yeah. Neko, Kuro. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we saw them in the same position. Yeah, Neko, Kuro, uh, followed by uh, Owari season one, Zoku, Zoku Owari Monogatari, Bake Monogatari, Owari season two, and then. Kizu Monogatari and then just second season yeah and you know we did spoil a lot in this <laughs> so if you haven't seen it yet you know don't listen to this podcast I guess but uh yeah, too late. <laughs> um but yeah like we both like we said at, you know we sung its praise pretty much throughout this entire pod so you know if it sounded remotely interesting I mean check it out if you don't care about spoilers or maybe wait a week you might forget them and then watch it cause this show is I think so great and will stand the test of time too 
Like, I think it's timeless. I think it's fair to say. Um, and, you know, it'll always be one of my fears because there's so many great moments. And I had to really consider, like, where it is in my top ten. Like, I would probably maybe have it between, like, the eight, five-ish range for me, probably. Because mm. um, there aren't many things I don't like about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least for me, yeah, I have the... Def- uh, after finishing Zoku Wari Monogari, I can confidently say it's in my top seven. Because, uh, you know, after that, kind of has to compete with the likes of uh, Eva and <laughs> Hunter Hunter. It's just going to be a pretty tough task. But nonetheless, it's still one of my favorite experiences in the medium. Just very rewarding, you know, 50, oh, 50 plus episodes of goodness and three peak movies. Just can't go wrong with it. So again, I, I hope you're not listening to this having not watched Monogatari. Yeah, Anthony. Oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on, Roger. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice. Ha- nice having myself here. So. Um, yeah, and I know he's doing stuff for their studio Krem, our little thing we got going on Kremcast. Eventually, we you know we'll have some podcasts out there if you want to hear more of his takes on stuff. Yeah, we'll be working on that. Also, most of our boys are going to be streaming, so including myself, so... Check out the streams. Yeah, Um, some support there. And, yeah, I think we're going to have you on for the hentai episode. Oh, boy. (laughs) So that should be... I'm fucking pumped for the hentai episode. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'll have my pieces to say. And, um, yeah, I think we'll definitely have you on more. I love talking to you. I know Mia also likes talking to you. So maybe we'll, I'll invite her for the Roger talk next time. You know, we'll see. Um, yeah, that's it for the Mimi cast. You know, this is Molesh. I'm signing off. All right, Roger signing off as well. Thanks for having us.